Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. Do it. Do it now. Don't think about it. Just do it. Yeah, that is correct. That is exactly what I'm assuming you've done by now, right? Okay, I didn't do it. Fucking hell, bro. But I'm doing it. What is stopping you? No, I said I'm doing it. What took you a week about buying a a ticket that costs $100? I'm giving you a yes, I'm doing it, and you're still mad? Yeah, because I don't believe you. You said that last week, and here we are a week later. No, I said probably, but I had to check a few things last week. And this week, I'm committing to you, and I can't believe I'm still getting berated. I'm getting berated (laughs) for you you haven't done it yet. I don't trust you now, man. It's like two fucking months away. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I've got time to buy a $100 plane ticket, my oh, guy. Oh, man. I can't believe this. I'm still getting, I gave you what you wanted. <laughs> Dan, I'm fucking going, Dan. I'm going to Colorado with you fucking All assholes. Right. Listeners, I'm going to need you to hold Ryan accountable God. until he posts his flight receipt in the Facebook group. <laughs> You're all gonna. The only thing I will take is acceptable proof at this point. Yeah, and you're all gonna steal my identity and use it to yell at me. Yes. (laughs) We'll open up accounts in your name and do cool shit for you because you refuse to for some reason. All of a sudden, I start just getting Amazon boxes of like very strange things. We will totally steal. Ryan, we're helping. We will totally steal your identity and make your life better, bro. I mean, that should be a service. Can we offer that service for people? Just like crowd-sourced life coaching? Yeah, but it's more like, um, you remember you remember when we did that episode where we talked about like the people in Japan who have to get out of a bad situation and they pay like a specific oh, yeah, the, group the to banished. eject them from their life from entirely? Life. Yeah. I feel like we should do that, but we should just be like, hey, turn over your social security number and like, we're not going to buy stuff for us. We're just going to, you're going to wake up in like two weeks and you're going to have a way cooler life. Your credit score will be nine, but... But you're also going to have a Lamborghini, and I feel like <laughs> that's a pretty good trade-off, right? We'll just send you like a daily itinerary. Yeah. Like for you, it would be, well, shit, today you're getting on a flight to Denver. And you, you got a lunch meeting with Dave. God damn it. <laughs> and then uh, you're drinking some Budweiser with Linda Moulton Howe at about 8 p.m. Are we staying in that resort town that it's in? I'd rather not. Maybe one night. I think like Saturday think night. Should. Saturday night we got to go out with all the weirdos for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. We are. This is gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fantastic. Fuck no. <laughs> that was Ryan last week. No, it wasn't. Last week wasn't fuck no. Last week was like. Yeah, and this week I'm like yes. It's still not good enough for Spencer. Did you ever think maybe this guy's bullshitting you? Yes, my friends <laughs> persistently bullshit me. <laughs> no, I feel like we are we are the bullshitty right now. What do you mean? I don't believe you. You're saying I'm bullshitting need, you? Yeah, I need to see some receipts. You need to, all right. just one. I tell you what, I'll I'll buy it in between uh, break. Perfect. When is it? What are the events or what are the dates again? <sighs> We've been over this, bro. May, what? what is it? It's the 4th through the 6th. May 4th through the 6th. Yeah. Okay, guys. I'm going. Spencer's gone. According to Libsyn, according to Libsyn, we have like a couple hundred people in Denver that listen to us. So if you guys want to like hang out one of those nights, 
We're down to do that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah. We could meet at a cool bar and drink beers together and talk about aliens. Yeah, we could. And we're going to need your help. We're going <laughs> to need your help, guys. Like, where do we go? Where's a cool place to do that? Oh, also, if anyone has connections to venues and they want anyone to oh, DJ yeah, I'll, in Denver, I'll play music somewhere. Dan will we'll, play music somewhere. I'll I'll be a hype man and get real drunk and yell. Perfect. <laughs> we bring a party. We do. You want to talk about... Uh... Did you ever think maybe this guy's bullshitting you? <laughs> Mo UFO, bro. <laughs> you want to talk about our guy Tom real quick UFO. before we get into the Mo UFO? Bro. Of tomorrow. What if you saw a UFO part two? Is, is it only two? I thought we. I think this is only our second time we've actually specifically done. Because we called the the Tom DeLong to the the stars episode something else, right? Yeah, because we because we went through the whole like reveal about the government, the Pentagon program, right? And right, right. We called it. I don't know something Harry about your Reed government. And what if your government knew? Because they freaking do, bro. Yeah, they I'm, know. This, this video is not convincing me of anything, though. <clears throat> the new to the stars. Go fast video. So part of the reason we wanted also, to do a follow-up. You had how long to come up, years to come up with the name for this video, and you called it Go Fast? What did it do? It go fast! <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> you come into a meeting with the name Go Fast for this classified video of a UFO of aliens from another planet. What? And you, pr- you propose that we call it Go Fast? No, I think... Fuck no. I th- Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> I think it's all like... I think it's a lot more like, what is it? Well, we don't really know. Okay. What did it do, though? Where's it from? <laughs> we don't really know. Who, who's in okay. it? Okay. Who's in it? We don't really know. Okay. Well, what's it do? Uh, it go fast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a start. God damn it. Um, yeah, I think part of the reason we wanted to do uh, a part to UFO sighting stuff is there's new footage. Well, define new. Okay. I couldn't find conclusive anything one way or the other about whether this video came out two years ago or came out a week ago. I the same, but saw people being like, this is bullshit, I saw this in 2015, and I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I think it came from, I forget the guy's name, uh, but somebody had this video on their Vimeo site, and it was dated two years ago. As in somebody uploaded it to a personal account, but it could have been private historically? No. What what he said, I, I'll, I'll look up the guy's name, but uh, this, this dude, UFO researcher dude, had this video on his Vimeo site, and it was, the upload date was 2016 or something. And somebody asked him about it, and he said, no, this video is new. I uploaded it in place of an older video. Yeah, because you can replace media files, right? And on the, Vimeo. the original upload date wouldn't have changed. Wouldn't change. Doesn't seem like there'd I be a really good reason to do that, though. Right. I'm not sure. Unless the only possibility might be that uh, if, like, Vimeo Pro, uh, like Pro plans or something like that, restrict restrict like the number of uploads or maybe like yeah, bandwidth or something. I don't know. I don't like, use Vimeo like that. I don't know, but it yeah. seems odd. It does seem odd. It seems like a, a strange choice. So there's anyway. Let's the the video itself is, yeah. uh, just not the least bit convincing to well, me. Of well, anything. let's let's discuss it first. Uh, what what happens? There's a white dot that moves at an unknown speed from an unknown distance, and the dot is of unknown size. 
Yes. And two bro pilots yell about it. Sort of like the first video that they put out. True. Like, it do- it does just- go quite fast. <laughs> yes. As evidenced <laughs> by the title of the video. I And somebody, okay, so it's, what, how long is the video? Like less than 30 seconds? The video that was released by To The Stars is like two minutes, but the first 90 seconds of the video are them breaking down. Here's what you're about to see, and here's... Because it's the actual radar capture of the event, and the video is them, like... It's not radar. It's the FLIR camera attached to some plane, F-16 or something. But they're basically identifying the framing elements on the FLIR and what they mean as it relates to... The uh, what you see on the camera, and it's then an, it's an FA eighteen, the plane, that an FA. Oh, that yes, us. got it. Uh, but they uh, the actual amount of time showing the tracked object is only about thirty seconds. Yeah, so you're looking at this recording of a infrared camera on an FA eighteen that locks onto and tracks a small white dot. Is really all. I mean it. It takes up a couple of pixels, maybe at most, in this video, and it look it's a flying above the ocean, and looks to be going pretty fast. I don't exactly know what pretty fast means. Um, it looks like it's fairly low compared to the the ocean surface, and it's not giving off any real heat signature, which led a lot of people to speculate, well, that can't be a plane or a missile because it would give off some sort of exhaust that would be hot. As far as propulsion methods that we as human beings are aware of, propulsion would relay heat. Have you looked at any other videos of, or FLIR videos of planes, though? Because I found a, a FLIR recording of a jet... And the exhaust does not give off any sort of color. So it's a black and white video, and you can set it so that either black is hotter and white is colder or the inverse. Depending on whether it's day or night. Right. So, like, look at this. I'll post a link to this video, but this is called Lockheed Martin Sniper Targeting Pod Image Quality. I'll turn this so Ryan can see. But, like, look look at the back of that jet. Yeah. There's nothing there. It's totally gray and transparent. Yeah, but that's a jet. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's giving off a bunch of heat that's not registering on this FLIR camera. Because the argument with the little go-fast tic-tac thing was, oh man, it can't be be jet-powered because a jet-powered anything would give off heat that would be visible on FLIR. And here's an actual jet aircraft not giving off any heat Signature on a FLIR camera. Yes. I mean, yes. I guess... So, I guess what I'm getting at is it, like, therefore, is it possible that these dudes tracked a missile? Um, I guess. I, I would say I'm far less likely to believe that two U.S. fighter pilots who are, like, highly trained... Pilots never sounds like it once they put the audio on these things. Well, <laughs> oh, bro, what the fuck, bro? 
It's like Tom wrote the fucking dialogue for these. Bro, it's a thing, bro. Fuck yeah. Look at the fucking fast thing, dude. Fuck no. It go fast. Fuck no. <laughs> um, my, those are my thoughts on this video. Yeah, that's, I mean, I guess, I don't know. The, the way that I look at this type thing is that there's a lot of people who are smarter than I am that have looked at this radar capture and believe it to be something weirder and more impressive than I think you do. That's how I feel. Like, I'm not what saying... Is that something then? We don't know. That's sort of the point, right? I guess. I mean, that that is by, the, by definition what a UFO is and is designed to be. Um... I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what it is, but I think that's part of what makes it interesting is that it's people who are, in my mind, a lot smarter than I am, uh have have examined this footage and said, That's strange. Like not just the pilots themselves, but people after the fact have seen it and said there's something unique and different and like shocking about what we're seeing. And I feel like I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying about like the heat and the propulsion stuff, but for a thing like that to be like, it doesn't have any sign of wings and from the angle that you're seeing you can we, see we have no idea what distance we're viewing this from though no but when you look at it you can see definition of actual waves so you can have like some sort of you know it's down i mean for those that haven't seen it yet it's kind of all over the place i mean you can go to to the stars or whatever it's all over but, but i mean like couldn't that very easily be a drone of some kind uh i would say yes Except for the fact that aren't they projecting that this thing was flying at like somewhere in the realm of four hundred and fifty to five hundred and fifty miles per hour? I think I read that it's, somewhere. Yeah, that's not mentioned in the video, but maybe I, I can't remember where I saw that. Maybe it was just a the, someone was speculating the, the speed and altitude of the of the plane that had the FLIR camera on it that filmed this. But yes, okay, I, unless you know. So it's looking down from 25,000 feet at the ocean. Got it. So that thing could be anywhere in between zero and 25,000 feet. Right. I mean, I also know that like, again, I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot here, but like, I know that people who are smarter than us have sightline ways of like trying to figure out how fast things are or at least approximating it. So if they're, I mean, I mean, how fast, like what is the fastest drone that we have right now? Do we like even know? Publicly or the military? Well, there's that. I'm just reading the, they have the transcript of the, the pilot's conversation at the bottom of this video. Which Whoa, seems, got it. Which seems, ha, 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 ha. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that thing? This is the li Did you box a moving target? No, it's in auto track. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh, dude. Wow, what is that, man? Look at that flying. That's a sentence. And then we're done. Get the fuck out of here. Just in case you didn't hear what Look they said. Look at that flying. Here's Here's uh Here's the transcript <laughs> in case you needed to read back and study the I'm, language. I, weren't you just telling us last week that there are like drones that go hundreds of miles an hour? Me? Yeah. I, um, 
I was talking about manned single man vehicles on the Patreon episode. Racing drone top speed. What do we got? Is that still free for people, by the way, if they want to go check that episode? It sure out? is. We got a few new people joining us anyway. This oh week, yeah, that's but... true. What's up? What's up, uh new Patreon folk? Yeah, our most recent Patreon episode is free at what if podcast or patreon.com slash what if podcast. Uh the if fastest you want to test it. Drone currently can reach about 180 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's available to the public, and I would assume military can probably best that by a significant margin. Sure, sure. But then, like, I don't know, wouldn't they have, like, this wouldn't be a declassified thing. Like, the military would say, yeah, you guys caught a drone that was a military drone. But that's what makes all the To The Star stuff really weird, is we don't know where they're getting this stuff from, except that it's been declassified. Right. Yet they have it, quote unquote, exclusively. Well, but maybe not. Like the whole, and it's just really messy in terms of how, like maybe the military concluded that, yes, this was a thing we can identify. Therefore, yeah, we don't care. Do whatever you want with it. Right, but then wouldn't that be their public-facing stance they on what the any, thing is? haven't made any public statement about this stuff. But that's what I'm saying is like, this goes back to the conversation we had about it when we said, what if your government knew is by, by to the stars lumping the government in on the stuff that they're releasing, they make the government look kind of doofy if the government doesn't respond to some of these things. But they haven't, right? Well, right, but that's what I'm saying though is like, why, like what is that? Why would they not, why would they not go here's what you're seeing and why you're seeing it. This is not impressive. If it is one of those things, like what, what reason maybe they just have a policy not to comment on stuff because they would be constantly commenting on stuff that wasn't meaningful. I mean, I guess, but again, like this is like how this military make official statements on anything. But I mean, this footage is on like ABC News today and the New York Times. Stuff and about like, the military is on the news on a daily basis. They rarely comment on it publicly. Not about like fucking UFO footage that's being released covertly with their tacit approval in some we capacity. Don't, that's what I'm saying. We don't know any of those details. We're speculating that stuff. And I think To The Stars is intentionally implying that stuff to make some of these releases seem more meaningful than they might actually be because they have a lot of money at stake. As in, just to clarify, you're saying like they're just stumbling across fucking like declassified footage that looks crazy and they're making a big deal out of it and like mainstream media is picking it up and I'm saying talking it, it's about it to their advantage for this stuff to be mysterious in a way because right now they're trying to raise, they're trying to fundraise for a new company. Another one? No, but I mean, oh. No. Well, maybe, I don't know. I got mad because it's so fucking hard to find Fuck no. <laughs> to find any of their shit because all of their websites live on subdomains of to the starsacademy.com and none of them are linked to from each other. So can't, they have you can't different find the, the new boxcar racer album. Yeah, like some some of it you just <laughs> you're like buy guitar straps and then on some of it it's like here's our time shifting fucking space module, motherfuckers. I don't know. Did you ever think maybe this guy's bullshitting you? Yes, all the time. That's all I think about Tom DeLonge. Every time I see him or I hear him talk, he can't He can't talk about that. All right, that's enough about that, dude. I mean, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I will close uh, away from that, dude. I will say, I think this is more interesting than you think it is. I still think it's. we have no idea what it is. Done. Welsh right. UFOs or Belgian UFOs? 
Belgian UFOs sound delicious. <laughs> I don't know much about Welsh food, but I bet I bet Ooh. there could be some delicious ones too. I bet it's not. Oh. Shots fired, Wales. Dear, fuck with me. I'm, dear Welsh listeners, my I grandpa apologize came from your place. On behalf of Spencer, sounds lovely, but your food is gray. Um, take it away, man. All let's right. do let's do Welsh UFOs first. All right, what you got? Show me what you got. Show me what you got. Hey, show me what. <laughs> show, show, show me what. Shout out to shout out to whoever it was in the What If Podcast Facebook group who was like. Every morning when I go in to check the chicken coop for eggs, I yell, show, show me, me what you got. <laughs> I was like, that's amazing. And that's, that's a great use of, of Rick and Morty quotes. Also, if you played it loud enough through a speaker in the chicken coop, it might scare all the eggs <laughs> out of the chickens. They'd be like, oh, shit. Egg, 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 and breakfast. Broadhaven School. Broadhaven School. Uh-huh. We got another bunch of kids at school seeing a UFO story. Oh, dip. Last time we did this, we interviewed, uh, ooh, I'm forgetting his name. The Randall that, Nickerson. Randall Nickerson. Director of Aerial Phenomena. Whatever happened Phenomenon. to that documentary? Yeah, they're still working on it. Are they? Yeah. They you should mine. hit them up and be like, hey, man, let's see it. <laughs> Show us what Show you got. Show me what yeah, you got. Go. 1977 in Wales, February 4th of 1977. There were a bunch of students at the Broadhaven School, uh, about 15 of them, who were out at recess, and they saw a cigar-shaped domed object, roughly the size of a car, land in a field about 200 yards away from their school. They said it had a flashing red light on it, and the students watched the object for about five minutes. Um, It was silver. It had windows around the, the outside of it, a door and a runway that came down from the door when the craft landed. Take me to your leader. Some some of the students claimed that they saw a being get out of the craft. Some did not. Um, they came back in. It was another situation where it was primarily the students reporting this. It sounds oddly similar to the aerial very, phenomenon. Very similar, except How, uh, 20, 17 years prior or something. Yeah, because it was 94 was the uh, Yeah, aerial? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. So students came back inside, and the teacher separated them and had them each draw what they had seen. And I was I was Instagramming some of those drawings earlier today. If you go check out our our IG IG at What If Pod, right? Uh, yeah, so. that's yeah. correct. Um, they all drew a craft that looked pretty similar. It was sort of a saucer or a cigar shaped craft, domed on top. Windows around the outside, etc. I feel like sometimes we talk about when things like this happen, we're like, oh, could the kids have been influenced by X, Y, or Z? And I feel like uh, like Wales is one of those locations I don't think I've ever literally heard one UFO story come from. Not to say that there haven't been sightings oh, there. Oh, boy. Oh, just wait. Is I, got that a, a, I got a bunch. Oh, Billy. So, wow, that's weird. There's a guy named Billy who saw oh. a UFO in this story. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. So that, that was 77, future. and it got it got a bunch of coverage in the press, both locally and internationally. Uh, BBC followed up on it. Lots of people came to Wales to investigate this incident. And it was kind of written off eventually as a either a bunch of students, a bunch of kids making something up or seeing something that they misinterpreted, and or a couple people came forth later and said 
uh, we hoaxed that. We put on some weird silver suits and went and walked around in a field and scared some kids, mm. which is kind fucked of up. an asshole. You're a piece of shit. Asshole <laughs> thing to do to a bunch of kids. That is pretty fucked up. Um, but as an isolated incident, okay, could could have been hoax. Could have been a bunch of kids seeing something that they, I don't know, they saw a helicopter and a guy in a flight suit get out or something. Yeah, but they would have. I mean. Right. They would have realized what a helicopter was. Right. Turns out there were a ton of UFO sightings happening before and after this event all over Wales. Really? Yeah. From 76 to 78, there were (laughs) tons. It sounds, you guys, it sounds like we staged the whole, I've never heard of that being (laughs) a but it's true. I was literally saying that because I was like, oh yeah, that's, I've never heard that word come up or that country come up before. Uh, there were enough sightings that a gentleman named Peter Paget, as in Bob Saget, but Peter and with a P instead of an S. Got it. Uh, wrote a book called The Welsh Triangle about this huge UFO flap of the late 70s in Wales. Flap. I think that's the first time we've said UFO flap on the show. Fla- it's It feels like a very uh, like European word, a flap. Yeah, I don't. It, the only context I ever hear it in is talking about a, a bunch of UFO sightings. Really? Yeah. That's what, funny. When have you ever heard anyone say a flap of something? I don't even really know what it means. A flap? Isn't it just like a like a small collection of something? Like a mm. small. Well, I'm, you look it up. I'll tell you a stories. Googly moogly. <laughs> so a bunch of reports were coming in from the the uh, Pembrokeshire coast of Wales. Yes. This is where Ryan says what cute names things so, in the UK so have. So cute. Like, were, tell me that tell me that <laughs> is not just a bunch of moss covered roofs with like flowers and everyone like carves things together. Uh, I think they were it was mostly like oil refineries. In, in Pembrokeshire. <laughs> they Irish now? Oh wait, where are we again? Wales. Oh shit. How's I can't, your Welsh accent? Definitely can't do a Welsh accent. <laughs> I I I concede. There were a bunch of UFO sightings coming from a bunch of different people uh, around the same time. Um, one was from Luis and David Bassett, who were driving. Luis was driving home from work around 1 a.m., and she sees a brown object with flashing blue lights out in a field. And she slows down because she thinks maybe there's been an accident up ahead and there are like police lights or emergency lights. But as she gets closer, she sees that this object with the lights on, is hovering. It's not sitting on the ground. And every time she gets closer to it, it moves a little bit further away. <laughs> Tricky bastard. <laughs> she she called the police when she got home to say, hey, I saw this weird thing There's flying There's a around. hover bus running away from me, and I don't like it. Uh-oh. And, uh... Also, it's she, brown. Well, she wanted to see, like, was there an emergency vehicle out there and yeah. it was some sort of optical illusion or sure. maybe it was just like an ambulance driving away from me and it looked weird or something. And she learned that there were no emergency vehicles in the area uh, and that many people had had issues with their TVs and radios that evening. Ooh. And she also noticed as she got closer to the object that her radio would cut out. So there was some sort of... Field. Uh, yeah, some sort of interference going on. A flap is a state of agitation, similar to oh. a fuss, a commotion, a stir, a hubbub, a storm, mm, UFO hubbub, a dither, a, a dither. tizzy. <laughs> Those are all really good. A brouhaha! 
great That's word. It. We're have, going with UFO brouhaha from I have now not on. been able to say the word brouhaha <laughs> in I don't know how many years, but boy, that is a good one. I've s- probably said that word single digits in my whole life. That's probably true. I just doubled the total amount of times I've, I've said brouhaha in my life. <laughs> I probably only said it when Shark I tank, hear bruh. someone's, oh, that's really good. <laughs> Shark Tank, brouhaha. Uh, I've probably only ever said it when someone says brouhaha, and I go, brouhaha? What? <laughs> that's about it. There's probably a, like a stupid fucking craft brewery somewhere in Minneapolis called brouhaha. If they do like stand up and shitty craft beer. <laughs> if there isn't, can we open it? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> you guys you guys should see how furiously Spencer like switches like I've got, soundboard I've got a bunch sets. of different pages going now because we keep adding stuff. Yeah, I, gotta, I know, I but it's great because you memorize like specific reactions and as soon as you have one pop into your head, you're like, ha, I've got a button for that. <laughs> this is uh, not a paid endorsement of Native Instruments Machine, <laughs> but they finally updated it and put on an L C D screen what is on each pad so I can look oh I don't have to memorize it. I can look over here and read where it says fuck no and then I hit the fuck no button. Oh wow. Yeah. Also if you guys ever want to sponsor our show, your shit is great and we use it on every episode. <laughs> True but story. It's also really expensive, so please send us free things. Please help. Please help. Please send help. SOS. John Petz was a Welsh artist who was working late one night in the studio, also around 1 a.m. He looks out his window and he sees a what he called a horizontal strip of light in the sky that Whoa. was sort of a pale gold color. Uh, he said it was sort of cigar-shaped, but it came to a point at either end. And he described it as being like a, uh, you know, the, the things that you use on a loom to like loop the, the fabric back It's a back shuttle, through. isn't it? They call it a yeah, shuttle. Yeah, yes. Send it back and a forth. A weaver's yeah. shuttle. Mm-hmm. He described it as looking like one of those things. Cool. Um, he watched it for a few minutes before the light simply switched off, he said. Right. And several of his neighbors reported seeing the same thing both on that night and on several nights prior to that. Mm. So there were tons of reports coming in from all over Wales of these dome-shaped objects, low hovering lights. There was one of a fireball dropping a shower of sparks below it. Oh, cool. Which is not a UFO I've ever heard of before. That sounds a lot like a asteroid or a meteorite of some kind. Yeah, except it was flying at like 10 feet and slowly. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's way cooler. Yeah, yeah, and way more dangerous, it sounds it was, like. It does. He was dropping <laughs> off its little meteorite children some, in the into the field. Some guy was standing in his front yard and just gets bumped from behind. Like, oh, excuse me. Excuse me. There's a, there's a meteor there. That's, that's, pardon, a, fucking, fire, that's a fucking fireball, <laughs> Just huh? passing through. I thought for a second, I thought you were going to be like, there's just a guy running through the field and he's on fire. <laughs> just, <laughs> just dropping, yeah, there was dropping this, little bits of fire. There was he, this like six foot tall screaming <laughs> object. It would seem like it was on, on fire. fire. <laughs> it was moving very slowly dropping through the field. Little small bits of fire <laughs> as it went. Small dr- bits of limbs. <laughs> It's weird when it when it went by me. It sounded a lot like ah! <laughs> his head fell off. <laughs> Probably last. There was one family who was especially. Oh wait, wait, wait! I forgot about one. One woman. Uh, so the the crazy fireball thing. But one woman said that she saw an rotating orange circle in the sky. Cool. And depending on what angle it was at, it looked either like a circle. Or sort of a sphere, or sort of like a crescent shape. Okay. 
but there was a raised spot in the center of it that she said was like a nose poking out. <laughs> and that when she looked at it closely, like through binoculars, around the outside of this circle was a ring of flames. And this thing was just hanging out in the sky for a while. It's like the personification of the sun. What the fuck was that? Or it was one of those portals from Skinwalker Ranch that interdimensional Bigfoot travels through. Man, we did. And the TIE Fighters. I was actually, you know what's funny? I was going to say, some of this actually sounds a little bit vaguely reminiscent of that. Like, like lit vehicles in fields and fucking... Man like, on fire. Yeah, and like circular <laughs> fucking things of light or flame or... Portals. Portals or... Yeah, it well, does sound it's, kind it's, of it's gonna strangely get, familiar. It's going to get more familiar almost. Uh-oh. There was one family that was especially plagued by weird UFO shit. The Coombs family. Um, it started when Pauline Coombs was driving home with her two kids in the car. This was now uh, April of 77, so just two months after the, the school sighting. Got it. She's driving home at night, and they're about a mile from their house when she sees a light in the sky in front of her car. And it's getting larger. And she realizes that this light is coming towards their car. And it's about the size of a football. And it comes right at the windshield, but then at the last second goes up and over the car. What the fuck? And then turns around and starts following the car, flying like kind of next to and a little bit behind it. She's thoroughly freaked out, floors it. She's like, I'm a mile from home. Fuck this. I'm just going to get home and get away from this weird flying football thing yeah yeah and she starts driving like 80 miles an hour and this thing is keeping pace with her and now also shooting out a little beam of light from the bottom of it Uh, like a little scanning something bro you also i'm excited to get to belgian ufos uh, eventually Uh because there's some pretty interesting connections and that's much later and in a different place as about a mile later, as she's turning onto their property, the car dies. Like everything just shuts off, all the mm. ele- all the electrical, everything. They ditch the car and just run the last hundred yards to their house. And she gets the kids inside and is telling her husband, "How did get the gun?" <laughs> well, yeah, she's telling her husband, "Like, there's this weird flying football orb that's trying to murder us all. Can you come take a look at it?" And as he op- no, can you can you keep the door shut? <laughs> As he uh, as he opens the door, they see it just like flying off into the distance. Okay. Two weeks later, her nephew Mark was playing outside, and this was in the same same town in Wales. Uh, he was playing outside when he saw a roughly six foot tall man in a silver suit walking towards him. So he's wearing this like silver spacesuit looking thing. It looks like maybe it's inflated. Uh, and he's wearing gloves, boots, and a helmet. But the helmet is square. It's not a round helmet. This dude just has like a cube on top of his shoulders. I go fast. Is I human? <laughs> Does I look human to you, human person? Hello, human. I go fast. I wear a helmet too. Bro, that's a cube. Is your head okay? I am like you, human. <laughs> That'd be so much more efficient. Think if your head was just a perfect cube. Efficient? How so? Think of all the places you could fit your head into that you can't now. I I don't think that's true at all. I don't think 
that's how that works. Oh man, I barely got through that sentence. It was so stupid. <laughs> we <laughs> so found our <laughs> weekly meme. <laughs> he's got this cute cube head. It'd be way harder to make hats, actually. It'd be way harder to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> Although, I guess, you know, you could pack more heads in a box, like when they started making See? cubic watermelons instead of Like those ones. 54 hands that they found in Russia this week. Holy shit, Mike. Are we going to talk about that on the Patreon? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, he sees this big block-headed motherfucker walking towards him, and <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a cube head with a black visor. <laughs> And there's a tube going from the the uh, helmet, like back over his shoulder, like a a breathing tube or something. Mark runs the fuck away from him, back to his house. Good call, Mark. Your parents raised you right. He gets his dad, and they go back out there looking for the weird spaceman. And they don't find the spaceman, but they find several large footprints in the mud that are about a foot long. Are so they, were they square? <laughs> Yes, they were just giant cube did, indentations. Did Mark meet a Lego man? <laughs> so he finds these footprints about 12, 12 inches long with no tread on them. So it's like a perfectly flat. It was a shoe. Lego man. <laughs> no, they have the little circle, circular openings on the bottom. Oh, so right. You can so stick they can them stand on the, the dots. You're yeah, right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. And, but, but their feet are squares. Sure. Yeah. Nailed it. If, if a Lego person had shoes on, that's probably what it would look like. Yes. Nailed it. So there's this, this 12 inch long prints with no tread on the bottom and they only, even though they're in mud, they only are sunk down like a half an inch. So you'd think if a six foot plus man stepped in mud, he would depress the mud more than half an inch. Nah, dude, he had a, he had an inflated suit. He was a helium balloon, bro. Well. Just lightly trotting his way through the world. They also saw a red glow off in the distance and the outline of a saucer near the red glow. Tight. So apparently the square-headed man had returned to his round spaceship. Quick question. Why is the spaceship round if his head is square? I don't know either. It's bad design. It's just bad design right there. Where is uh, where is all this info coming from? Is this all from like a book or is this just like a oh, compilation right. of reports from after the fact? So... The Broadhaven School sighting has been documented in many, many places. These other stories are coming from a book called The Welsh Triangle by Peter Paget. Okay, got it. No relation to Bob Saget. No relation. The Another kid in the area saw a UFO two days later and was also chased by a silver flying football. Uh, a man... Not a fucking football playing going on. Yeah, a man four mile, in a village four miles away... Uh, reported seeing a large man in a silver suit wandering around. Um, back to the Coombs, two weeks later, Pauline and Billy, her husband, oh, Billy. are watching TV around 1 a.m. Also weird that a lot of these are happening at or around 1 a.m. Yeah, scheduled stuff is always strange. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting in their living room watching a movie, and they have this big, like, bay window in their living room looking yep. out onto they lived on a farm so there's like nobody around them just looking out into their farm and billy looks up at one point and sees a man who he says is at least seven feet tall okay standing outside this bay window because he knew that the top uh the top of this window was six six yep and this guy was significantly taller than the top of the window frame was Maybe he was just floating real good, though. 
Well, he was wearing a silver spacesuit. Yes, he's helium filled, bruh. <laughs> with a square helmet and visor with yes. the tube running over his shoulder. And he's sitting in his living room watching this silver suited seven foot tall man walking up to his house. And as the guy gets closer to the house, the TV goes out and starts showing only static. This guy gets about four feet away from the window, the spaceman does, and just stands outside the window staring at the two of them inside. And they they do this for a few minutes. Sort of just like... Really? Yeah. Really? Sort of entranced by this minute bowl inside a helium balloon outside their window. I don't last... Mm, a half a second before I'm like running screaming from my house. Right. I think most people have that reaction. You're going to you're going to run away or you're going to try and kill the balloon spaceman. Though I will say this certainly is uh along the lines of some of the stuff we've seen where people feel like they're not doing the thing they would be doing or should be doing in the moment that or they're being compelled to do something out of the ordinary in in that moment. Yeah. So they're sort of entranced just staring at this guy for a few minutes. The spaceman or whatever it is finally moves after about three minutes. And they realize how weird it is that they're standing in their living room staring at a, a man in a silver suit outside. Hey, man, did you see that? <laughs> one of them runs upstairs to make to check on their kids. The other one runs to call the cops. They call the police. Police come out to the house. Spaceman has left. Uh, the police... <laughs> Uh, excuse seemed, me, Mr. Spaceman. <laughs> the police seemed nervous and declined to search the property before they left. I mean, I get it. Which part? Yeah, no, this isn't my job. Uh, well, it sort of is. If you're saying there's a person on your property staring in your window. Yeah, but only if he's a person. If you're like, hey, uh, there's a seven foot tall guy in a silver spacesuit who's roaming around my house, I'd be like, cool, have a good night. <laughs> you would not make a very good police officer. That's 100% why that is not my line of work. <laughs> uh, the next morning, however, they noticed, though, that a rose bush near where the spaceman had been standing was badly burned. So mm. maybe he was giving off some sort of weird... Maybe he was the Radiation. guy running through the field on fire. <laughs> Perhaps. And then he stopped <laughs> and just paused. Uh, two of their kids a few days later were down closer to the coast, and they see three UFOs in the sky. One is very low, hovering about 50 feet off the ground. One is slightly higher, and then there's... Jesus, this list of fucking weird shit is, like, never-ending. Yeah, most of this is from the same family, this too. This is... Well, see, and that within, always worries me, though, period. man. Were they just being fucking weirdos together? But. All right, keep going. Well, no, I mean, to your point, maybe. But also you have reports from other people in the in the area, other it's people true. throughout the UK. True. You have 15 kids who all saw something similar. True. Uh, two months Bef- prior. Yeah, way before, yeah. What would concern me a little bit is... If it all happened after the very publicized school sighting, right? If there was no, if there was nothing before that, and then it was only a bunch of stuff in like the two to three months after, yeah, maybe. And then kids are just getting progressively more creative as right. time goes on. I right, don't know. right. But they see these three UFOs. One's about fifty feet off the ground. One is slightly higher than that, and then one is way the fuck up there. It's just sort of a, a dot in the sky. Right. 
the lowest UFO drops a ladder down into the field that these kids are hanging out in. So they they hide in these like tall grass. And they watch as a silver-suited man comes out of the UFO. He fit the description of the the previously seen silver-suited men. Yep. Or whatever they are. The UFO then drops down a bright red fluorescent box into the field. It was his head! (laughs) His head fell off. There it is. Um, The children, as soon as the... So they drop this, this... box down in the field with the guy the guy climbs back up into the ufo and the ufos leave however they see as this dude is running back to the ufo he's taking like these big long bouncing strides and they see him jump over like an eight foot high fence just in a single bound cool so he may be helium minute bowl and or dunking on your ass huh He's going to dunk on you. Oh, I, I got the little uh, the thing at the bottom of the rim that attaches to the backboard yesterday. This okay. is a dunk update. Dunk update. Dunk up. We, dude, we dunk need Dunk update 2018. Can we make a sounder for... Yes. Dunk update. Dunk I'm, update 2018. I'm just going to play the... Uh, yes, I'll do that during the break. Kay. I'll give you a dunk update after the break. It just Kay. reminded me. All right. So... This dude jumps off into the the UFO. It flies away, but they left the box there. So the kids go looking for the the little red glowing box in yeah. the field. Yeah, they can't find it. But when they get home, they're both covered with this like horrible rash slash burn uh. all over their bodies. And they both went to the doctor about it. The doctor couldn't figure out what it was, other than some sort of allergic reaction to something. And it went away went away within a few days. Mm. Right. Hmm. Um. The the stuff with the Coombs family eventually just sort of stopped, but there were reports for the next almost year of UFOs all over Wales and the UK, and there was even another report of a silver-suited spaceman just outside of London in February of seventy-seven. So a full year after the seventy-seven or seventy-eight. Seventy-seven. Yeah, seventy-seven. Is that? I thought. Wasn't oh, the, right. That would have been the exact same time as the school like sighting. The exact same. Brookhaven was February of seventy-seven, but far away. Yeah. So the spaceman was also in London uh, that same month, apparently. And then mm. in October. Oh, so I went looking for ones that happened before February of seventy-seven to right. see if like. Was this just a weird mass hysteria storytelling thing that was happening in the UK after this very public school sighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found one from October of 76 in which a woman reported a small football-shaped UFO chasing her car, almost exactly like what Pauline reported Weird. in April of 77 that then started all of their other experiences. And she reported some of the same electrical problems. The car just shut off. And then as soon as this thing left, it was able to start up again. I give a lot of thought to the stories that we catch from like the pre, you know, like pre 2000 era or even like, why is that? Well, I I find them way more interesting when two stories from two separate locations have similar 
characteristics, sometimes like strikingly similar characteristics. Like being chased by a glowing football? Yeah, which is like a... Like, it's pretty specific. Super specific. <laughs> um, and the internet wasn't real. Right. So, so how would these stories be... News traveled so incredibly differently well, back and, then. and these things weren't even in the news. Sure, right. It would have had to be word of mouth spreading these somehow. I mean, you know, the kid, like the kids' school thing made the news, like you said. But right, like, but like from Wales to London? Right, and that's what I mean. Stories is, probably aren't spreading Well, you said the BBC like came and like talked to them and shit. Right, but I'm saying like the ones that happened before that incident oh, right. weren't publicized at all. Right. It's not really even, I mean, if you think about it, it's weird, but it's not really newsworthy. Right. In its own right. Usually. Unless I it's, mean, it's newsworthy if a man walks out of a fucking flying spaceship and talks to a group of, whatever, 30 kids who then draw similar fucking right. one lady, illustrations of his spaceship. But if one fucking lady says a football chased her car because it was on fire and killed her car while she was driving, that's like, okay, cool, you should probably stop drinking and driving because you sound <laughs> like you're crazy. It's one you know? of those that's so... It's so stupid sounding that why like you would never make it up. Right. Why and then it happens again somewhere else. Right. Also, c- can we just kill the alcohol makes you hallucinate line that shows up in so many reports? I was joking when I said I know, that. but like that's a thing that gets tossed around yeah. a lot. I- I've been v- Pretty pretty drunk before and I've, I've ne- had my share. <laughs> I've never seen a UFO. Or hallucinated anything at I have, all. Have not had any encounters, and I'm pissed. Yeah, I I just I think that's stupid. Do we just dis- yeah? Like I get that a drunk person is less reliable in general. But- I think I think it's also I think many people would insert it as a um, I don't know what the word is like a it it hold it's a placeholder for being under the influence. Sure. In general, for people, sure. you know, like for for there being a lack of specificity around someone potentially being on something, people are like, "Oh, you're right." Well, then just start the story with like, Diane ate several grams of mushrooms. <laughs> well, right, but that's what I'm saying <laughs> is that it's a lot less like hard to or a lot Be more honest hard with to, like, me, UFO investigators. That's all I'm trying to say. I can handle casual drug use. I, <laughs> in fact, I do. <laughs> <laughs> If if Brian ate three tabs of acid before he went out on Thursday night, let me know. Yeah, I, I need the real story. This is this is also an extremely important factor right. in us understanding Brian's story. Right. And if you tell me Brian was drunk, I will not believe that that was what caused that. If Diane saw a bunch of bouncing basketballs talking to her, but she just ripped a huge hit of DMT, well, <laughs> not really a story. I mean, it's still a good story. If you drank three Budweiser's and then saw bouncing basketballs talking to you. V different. Very different. <laughs> different AF, you might say. Different AF. That went super long because I we got mad about Tom DeLong. You want to take a break still and then come back and talk about waffles? Yeah, we c- Waffles. Waffle-shaped um, craft. We could. We also might need to just do another part or we could go long this week. I don't care. All right. 
let's go long this week then. Okay. We'll, we'll give you guys a we'll give you guys a big DeLong. beefy episode. We will not give you time to long. No Fuck more. No. <laughs> Fuck no. Too much. We gave you too much time to long already. All right, we'll take a quick break, and uh, I got a I got a really interesting story um, that is colloquially referred to as the Belgian Wave. Flying uh, breakfast. A three-month period of UFO sightings in Belgium that were pretty well documented, and we're going to talk about them. Unidentified flying breakfast. We'll be Gimme, gimme the basketball. Gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. That one's far better. <laughs> far better. Get down with nothing. It's got a bad taste. Swedish chef, please, will you make me some pancakes? Talk about aliens today. I'm not hating. And while you're making cakes, please pass the bacon. We're going long today, and we don't give a fuck. By the way, I like my eggs sunny side up. Yeah, we're going to Belgium now, and while you're at it, pass the juice and the loud. I mean. <laughs> It's just a little bit of floor weed. It's all good. I'm just trying to smoke your tree. Just kidding. Drugs are cool. While you're at it, pour me a glass of gruel. What up? Breakfast foods. Breakfast foods. Uh, you want a you want a dunk update? A dunk dump dunk date dump dunk dunk tank. We'll work. Dunk tank. Uh, yes, this is this this update is now 100% called Dunk Tag 2018. <laughs> yes. So I was at, I got to turn that down a little bit. Uh, sorry, we're sorry about your ears. We'll leave it in the background though. I was I was at the the Y the other day. Uh huh. Uh huh. And so last time when I attempted my my Max Vert, so we're calling it Max Vert. I got the the bottom of the backboard, the little padded bit. Mm-hmm. Last time, or yesterday, yep. I got the not the rim, but you know, like the the square orange part that attaches to the backboard. Yeah, slightly higher than the bottom of the backboard, but definitely not the rim. But definitely not the rim. I got that. Nice. So in like a week and a half, that's like an inch at least. Have you been? What has your mode of dunking uh, progress been specifically? You mean like what am I? What's Phys- my, my what is your regimen? Physical activity of choice. Oh, well, we went over this last time, didn't we? Well, I'm just saying in the past week, what are you, I mean, what have you been doing? Oh, right. Uh, I've been 
I've been hooping a lot and yep. then doing a lot of leg lifts and then a lot of like active, uh, like I got to turn this shit off. <laughs> a lot of like uh, jump roping and then like side to side jumps and just standing mm. under the hoop and jumping straight up, box jumps, shit like that. You're serious about this? Yeah, fuck yeah. You're trying to talk a basketball. Fuck yeah. I don't have the time to long, but oh, fuck yeah. Oh, man. Let's go. Dude. I still got like a foot to go, but <laughs> we're going to get there. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, No, you it's do. All right. That's true. Sorry, I got time. How tall are you? I got time, time, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got a ways to go, man. I got like uh, nine months or so to make it happen. Okay. All right. Vertical's going up. Weight's going down. My man, my man about go. to be my man about to be crushing. <laughs> Tell me about flying waffles. Flying waffles, it's not a UFO. It's just a waffle in the sky. Unidentified flying omelets. <laughs> mm. I hope it's a Western. Mm. <laughs> or a Denver. Mm. <laughs> Unidentified flying omelets is also our new band name. We have one at mm. least once an episode. <laughs> this is this is definitely we our new start one. auctioning them off. Auctioning off band names. Mm-hmm. That or we should just buy all the domains and be like, one day someone will think unidentified flying See, omelets is a great name for a restaurant. That involves us spending money instead of making money. Patreon.com <laughs> slash what a podcast. True, true, true. Um, I still own robotgrandma.biz. If you go to robotgrandma.biz, it goes to the website. Perfect. How's that investment working out for you? <laughs> I mean, I think it's hilarious, so great. I, I should probably, now that we actually have Robot Grandma t-shirts on shop.whatifpodcast.com, I should probably just redirect robotgrandma.biz to would make more sense. the shop itself. I bet no one goes to that website, though, except Rob, so it's probably fine. But I use robotgrandma.biz in all of my personal social media accounts for my for the URL you go to. That's pretty good. Because I feel like if you go to Twitter <laughs> and you look at my profile and it says robotgrandma.biz, you're going to be like, excuse me? <laughs> I, I have to know what's behind door number three, right, uh, right. sir. Smart, smart. All right. You're a marketing genius, Copperwood. Woo woo. <laughs> Let's go. Woo woo. Will you tell me about the omelets, bro? November 29th, 1989, outside of Eupen, Belgium, southeastern region of Belgium. It's only about seven miles west of the German border. Uh, it's also southeast of Brussels, which is sort of centrally located in the mm. country of Belgium. Flying vegetables. Mm, Brussels sprouts. Um,. <laughs> On the night of the 29th, Heinrich, Nicole, and Hubert von Montigny, I think. Ooh, Montigny? I, I, I bet it's not. Montigny? M O N T I G N Y? Montigny? Hubert Mutiny. Hubert Mutiny. Hugh Mutiny. Uh, are her, her, driving. Hein, Heinrich and Hubert? Heinrich and Hubert. What a pair. I know, right? Belgian people, man, killing it with the names. I need friends with cooler names. Seriously. Maybe we could call these guys up. Heinrich and Hubert are in the Belgian army, and they're on their normal patrol route that they do. Take a truck, drive around, make sure things are cool. Uh, they're driving at night, and off in the distance, they start to see something weird. It's not an omelet. But what it is is a pretty bright light where it shouldn't be. Uh, their patrol route was through a lot of farmland kind of in that region. Uh, cause like I said, it was outside of UPenn. So a little more rural and, uh, there's a farmer's field up ahead that they're sort of driving towards and the lights getting closer, not necessarily moving, but they're moving closer towards it because they're a football. driving. It was not a football, not as, not as far as, 
I could tell it was not a football. Um, but actually, it's funny that you say that because the way that they likened the level of lit that this uh, <laughs> that this area was. How lit was your encounter, Hubert? It, it was it was so lit. They compared it to similarly bright as a football field. Now they were probably talking uh-huh. about a different football. Wait, wait, what was as bright as a football field? The light that was and how bright is a football field? That comparison doesn't help me at all. I mean, I guess I think they meant more like 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 stadium as lights? bright as like stadium lights. Okay, okay, coming, coming over, from one object. Yes, coming from above and down onto the field itself. Um, and the way that they describe what they were seeing was a immense triangular platform in the sky with three lights on each of the corners of the triangle that were the main source of the football field-esque brightness with a center orange or red flashing light. You think this is what inspired Kanye's last tour? Oh, yeah. We did see him on his... A flying platform. Flying light-up platform. With a Kanye on top? (laughs) It was Kanye, guys. Just one. Was he... Yeah, he's probably around in 89, young baby Kanye. Yeah, he's definitely around because he's older than we are. And I was born. Is he? Yeah. He's 30 something? Yeah, I guess he's got to be. Yeah, he's like, Kanye's like, isn't he almost 40 now? No. Kane West. Just kidding, Kanye. Don't call him Kane. That's fucked up. Yeah, he's 40. He was born in 77. Did you see the motherfucker on Twitter who's doing the March Madness bracket with Kanye West songs? And it's all Twitter polling. Whoa. Dude, it's so awesome. Every round is a Twitter poll. 64 of them? Uh, yeah. Damn. And they're going to do it Twitter poll by Twitter poll, round by round for a week at a time until they get to what they believe to be the all-time greatest Kanye West song. It's a phenomenal that idea. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's a, I voted on the entire first round and loved every minute of it. I was like, this guy's a fucking genius. All right, so we okay. got a flying... So it was not Kanye West fly, on top of the platform in the platform. Belgian field. Yep. Um, but it was this fucking crazy platform. And so Heinrich and Hubert are a little bit freaked out, and they radio into their army dispatch. He's basically the radio back home guy. His name is Albert Kreitz. And actually, there's a pretty cool uh, mini documentary on this uh, on YouTube, and all these guys get interviewed about their experience, which is pretty interesting. You get some firsthand accounts of what they saw. Uh, So Kreitz is an army radio dispatcher, and they basically tell him, hey, there's this big-ass fucking triangle in the sky. It's very bright. It's not making any noise. It's kind of just hovering there. And he's like, okay, guys, like, that's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> but he can't see it, so he's just sort of like, all right, I guess I'll write it down. Don't, uh, don't touch it. Don't touch Yeah, maybe leave, I guess. <laughs> um, they crack some jokes about maybe Santa Claus is trying to land because it's late November going on December, okay. I guess. And they kind of leave it at that. Um, apparently, minutes later, after they call in, uh, from the army building in Upen, which is a notable enough city. I don't know what the population is, but like they have tallish buildings. The army office is up high in one of the buildings, and Kreitz actually looks out the window, and he himself sees something bright off in the distance. So they're thinking that Kreitz is now seeing what they're seeing from far away, from like a triangulated location. Some something bright, or like an object that matched that description. Uh. The way he says it was, uh, 
it was not like he couldn't make out the multiple lights, but oddly bright and low in the sky. Okay. So Heinrich and Hubert continue following this object as it has now started moving. So they are driving their vehicle following after it. And uh, in the interview, Heinrich says, this is a quote, on each side of the object, there was kind of a laser beam and a ball that was leaving the object and coming back as if the ball were trying to measure something. So it was Whoa. easy for us to keep track of the object in the sky. Was it going out towards something or just it seemed sort of um, random? It it looks like it was off over UPenn, but apparently they say towards the forest and I don't actually no, know I mean what... the, the little ex- extendo ball. Oh, was it- would it like go out to another object? Yes, hit it, and, and then, then come return? back. Yes, okay. as he okay. he was saying, as if it was like trying to measure distance between the things it was bouncing off. Yeah. Of. Okay. Um, for it's a they said for a full thirty minutes the object continued to hover off in the distance past UPenn towards the forest, and I don't know what direction necessarily that is from UPenn, but sure there is a notable forest I guess uh, near it. So. Heinrich and Hubert then report that a second set of lights, identical to the first one in the setup of the triangle with the center flashing light, suddenly appeared next to the one that they had been following this whole time. Except it was higher up than it, and the other one started ascending into the sky. They drop any fluorescent red boxes out of it? No no heads fell off (laughs) uh, as far as we're able to tell. Um, eight miles north of UPenn in another city whose name I heard them say in the mini documentary was like, not even going to try it. <laughs> like to, it was, I couldn't write it down. I didn't even okay. know what it was. Somewhere uh, else. Somewhere else, eight miles north of <laughs> UPenn. There were two Belgian army officers who had heard the radio chatter about the platform lit triangles that had been seen now by Kreitz and by Heinrich and Hubert from a different location. And, Thought everybody had been like fucking around basically. And then all of a sudden they see the same thing above them eight miles north of there. So over the course of one night, five separate army dudes, roughly 20 miles apart from like the triangulation of the whole thing, over the course of one hour, see all these things. The next day, there were 11 additional Belgian army members and over 100 private citizens who came forward with reports of seeing a triangular platform with a trio of lights underneath it and a flashing center light uh, somewhere around the Brussels, UPenn, uh, Belgium area. Reminds me a little bit of the Rendlesham Forest story. Yeah. Yeah, Rendlesham had a landing though, right? Yeah, they actually saw a craft land and do... But triangular with like underground or under, not underground, underneath lighting. Yeah, and, and just the fact that it was seen over two days and right. documented by military personnel. And right. It was near a military base and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, so no one ever saw this thing land. Nope. Right? Nope. No one ever saw it land. And there were no beings or anything associated with it? No beings, no bodies, no peoples. No Kanye's. No Kanye's. But the reason that uh, this incident is referred to as uh, the Belgian wave is because over the following 
basically like four to five months. Is there a Belgian brouhaha? A brouhaha. <laughs> there was a totally <laughs> a brouhaha. Um, basically, thousands of reports of UFOs start flooding through Belgium over the following four months. Full-blown flap. It's a full-blown flap, goddammit. Um, leading up to a specific incident in March of 1990, uh, there's a group of folks at a party at a house who are hanging out in the backyard, back deck. And this is, did I say Brussels? This is in Brussels proper this time. Yeah. Um, they call the police because they can see these really strange lights that they said were, quote, traveling short distances in an erratic manner. Had they been drinking, though? <laughs> yes. Ah, well. Almost certainly. They were they were having a brouhaha of their own, if you will. Got jokes. Got jokes out here. What up? Um, but the interesting part is that uh, NATO tracking radar... Can, that seems like a lot for a house party. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> NATO was not tracking the house oh. party. The the they weren't present at the house party. They no, just no, no. Also participated the, in the brouhaha. <laughs> sort of, yeah. The the strange lights that were traveling in the area reported by uh, reported by the people to police in Brussels at this house party were confirmed by NATO tracking radar at this time and similar location. This was a widespread tizzy. A, a, a full, a full-on goddamn tizzy. Um, so, so convincing from four separate radar locations. Basically, NATO seat goes like, "Hey, you guys seeing this? This is pretty fucking weird. Are you guys seeing this?" And they radio out to multiple different to see if ever other people's radar happening. Because if it's a radar malfunction, it would usually only register on one of them, not on all four. Right. They get confirmation from four that everyone is seeing these similar uh, objects darting and being fucking weird. Uh, so much so that they scramble the Belgian Air Force and up go the F-16s to chase these radar blips. What? You about to make a breakfast joke when I said scramble, weren't you? Yeah, carry on. <laughs> That's okay. You could have done it. <laughs> you were fishing for the words. You were like, how do I make that joke? Uh-huh. Did they scramble uh-huh. the eggs or the F-16s? Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. Um so the did way the, that did the French get involved? That's good. There you go. There you go. You nailed it. You brought okay. it home. Okay. Um, the the pilots of the F 16s reported that once they got into the vicinity of where the radar blips were found, uh, they would lock onto the radar object and then it would bolt uh, basically out of their lock on, and then they would try to get closer or survey the area. They'd catch it again, and then it would disappear. And uh, there's some really cool interviews outside of that mini documentary that I watched. We, we can post a link to it on the website. Um, but the Belgian Air Force General Wilfred de Brouwer uh, was basically the, the guy who led the Belgian investigation into the Belgian wave events and all of the reports and, excuse me, streamlined like the processes for reporting and vetting and investigating and interviewing and all that shit. Um, and he said that throughout the course of their like chasing these radar blips, he said, quote, we measured some exceptional accelerations, which cannot be related to conventional aircraft. That much is clear. So they would basically lock on, chase them away, lock on, chase them away. And actually in a press conference that happened after it was like in April of uh, 1990, uh, Belgium released the actual like pilot radar screen recordings of the incident. So just radar screens. It's not like, it's not FLIR 
fucking pills getting caught. It's just like you can see the radar blips coming into play and then jumping out and then getting refound over and over again. Um, but what they said was that at certain times, the object that they found was going up to one and a half times the speed of sound, so at points over 1,000 miles an hour, and that radar was tracking it from 7,000 feet, then up to 10,000 feet, and then sometimes down to as low as 500 feet in matters of, like, seconds at a time, mm. which, obviously, they were like, what the fuck? This kills the pilot. Yeah, that would, I mean, literally would kill a human being if, if that were to right. happen, um, which... Weirded them out. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's that's basically the story. The after, uh, after April, the biggest one was the March one outside of the original uh, November 29th incident in Belgium. After April, there was a tapering of sightings, but um, nothing as sort of overwhelming as those two dates. It's always um, fascinating to me how often... Or how many variations of that story there are? Which like we, which one? We have a bunch of weird stuff happening in the same location, seen by uh, hundreds of different people. On radar. And we look into it, and uh, we don't know what happened. And then it happens again a couple years later in a different location, and again somewhere else. And right. it's well documented and seen by a bunch of people over a right. long period of time and a, over distance, and we just still don't know. Right. Like that... Uh, if a seven-foot-tall, square-headed spaceman is walking around in a field, you should be able to figure out one way or the other what the fuck is happening. Right. If you're seeing aircraft over and over again doing things that seem to be impossible, after a, a few decades, it seems like you should be able to figure out what's happening. For sure. I mean, the the way that um, that, that Air Force General talks about the period of time, that five-month period of time that they call the Belgian Wave— he says he estimates that from the amount of people that reported, and then they have also talked to a lot of people after the fact in the areas where people reported and said, like, did you see anything? And they were like, well, yeah, but I thought I was fucking crazy, so I wasn't going to say anything about it. They think that over 10,000 people in Belgium during this five-month-long period of time saw something. They had thousands of real reports, and they believe it was thousands more who would have seen but didn't say anything. Right. For, every, I, for every report you get, there are probably several people who... Who, who aren't going like, to go to the police right. or say anything about it, right? And I and I feel you, man. I think, like, especially when we talk about this type of stuff, I'm always mostly fascinated by... It wasn't nothing, right? Like, right. it couldn't have been nothing. Because nothing doesn't manifest on radar in four locations and in the eyes of 10,000 people over the course of five months. Like, nothing... You know, yes, we could talk about mass delusion and mass hysteria. We could talk about all that stuff. But still, that's not what that is. It can't be. I mean, scientifically, can't well, be. And there Doesn't mean it can't be something else. There aren't even good examples of delusions or hysteria on that level either. Right. True. Like, that's not a good, that's not a good explanation anyway. True. True. And then when you add in, yeah, the physical, or whatever you want to call it, but like radar and confirmation in in various ways right and and the cool thing too about this mini documentary is like i mean they're literally it's an old documentary i think it came out in the early 90s so it What's was it called i can't remember what the actual name of it is <laughs> well that doesn't help 
but it was it was like a 16 minute clip from something. I just kind of scrubbed it to get the story and then pulled from a bunch of different locations. Um I'll we'll we'll post a link to it. I'll find it. Okay. Um but um but I mean it's actually like it's military like Belgian military guys in military garb. Some of them who are very young, some who are older being like, yeah, it was fucking weird. Like just just owning it up yeah. and talking like it's, you know, like I'm just saying what I saw. Um I don't know, man. Like there there's a there's a couple of theories that I saw tossed around, but somebody was like, was it a blimp or was it helicopters? Fuck no. I mean, I'm inclined I'm inclined to agree with that. Um, triangular blimp? Right. Well, you know how people are like, was it three blimps with three separate lights or lights in weird places? Or I mean, I, but I don't know. I mean, even that is like... Why were there three blimps flying around then? That and, too. And since when do they go a thousand miles an hour? Yeah, and when planes show up to check on them, they're that's the shit that I was leaving killed. sight. Yeah, people people put forth these hypotheses that make even less sense. Like a yeah, blimp yeah, yeah. doesn't explain anything about the story you just told. Right. The one thing that I saw that was interesting was there's this rumored aircraft program called Aurora. Have you heard about Aurora, the Aurora program before? No. It was basically like the code name for a plane that was potentially uh, being developed at Area 51, which was triangular in nature, and it was supposed to be this supersonic airplane that could travel at speeds of like upwards of 2,500 to 5,000 miles an hour, so it was like five times the speed of sound, and um, was like supposed to be a surveillance plane, and uh, and I was like, okay, so you're you're saying that hypothetically speaking, a triangular plane that was being developed in Nevada and the United States showed up over Belgium multiple months in a row in weird different locations. And it wasn't going 5,000 miles an hour. It was hovering for periods of time. Measuring stuff with a laser? Measuring stuff with a... Yeah, like it just... It's like, I mean, I don't know. Right. I, That's I, more of a stretch... <laughs> Yeah, that's more of a stretch for me than that being a fucking UFO. Like, it's more of a stretch than saying we don't know what it was for sure. Yeah, that for sure. And then I'd way rather be like, no, that was probably fucking aliens than be like, yeah, the U.S. government decided to fly a five thousand mile per hour ship at zero miles per hour over Belgium for some reason. Like that ship being in that area doesn't seem totally impossible, but the the low level measuring trees with a laser shit doesn't make any sense. Right. And also like not making a sound in the way that we understand those yeah. things to make sounds. Like if that thing's breaking the sound barrier. So do we have airplanes that can hover? Not, I mean, we've got the, whatever the one is that's got the fucking, the, the jets that like turn on it. What the fuck is that thing called? I don't know. It's like the one that can take the off vertically jet jet. and then they turn you, <laughs> turn you make jet jet. Um, <laughs> but like, no, not really. Yeah, and it, even if it and this were, was when ninety, it would something? be a jet engine that would be making a fuckload of noise. Uh, Nineteen, the first November of eighty nine was the the initial triangle sighting, and then uh, March of ninety. They really missed an opportunity by not calling that the Belgian brouhaha. By the way, I mean, Belgian wave is okay, I guess, but I mean, wave is just like they should have gotten the Welsh, the Welsh wave, Duh. And the Belgian brouhaha. alliteration. 
alliteration for the win. And the finish flap. Oh, my God. Next week on the What If Podcast. We should brand all of the alien encounters. <laughs> Jesus. And the Swedish chef. And the Swedish chef. I think we did her, bud. I think we did her. What if, uh, what if, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm always more confused than when we start, <laughs> and it never feels good. I mean, it feels yeah. good, but it's always like, fuck, what the fuck? Yeah, right. The fuck? We never actually solve anything here. I know. I wish someone would. Yeah. It's not, not going to be us. If you want to solve something for us, uh, send us an email at hi at whatifpodcast.com. Uh, like Spencer said, we've been a little more active on the gram. You can follow us on Instagram at whatifpod. Spencer documents his edits of the show and research. You can get a clue into what this this coming week's episode is about. Also, shout out to our email this week. It blew up. Zero assholes emailed us. And a bunch so, of dope people sent us cool shit. Well done, team. Well done, team. <laughs> Proud of you guys. You, yeah, but you should also say enjoyable. a bunch of people sent some really dope shit in. People, yeah, right. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Any anybody worth individually? Sh- I mean, you're all worth individually uh, shouting out. But any cool sh- info we got? Shout out to Eric G. I hope you, I hope you recover quickly, my dude. Oh yeah, for sure. I saw that too. Get get oh, well. And just because this question has come up uh, a few times recently, the music on our show, I make it. Yeah, I make music. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to it on like Spotify or Apple Music or any of those things if you search for Big Cats. C-A-T-S. Yeah, when when Spencer makes a beat from the Swedish chef and I rap over it, that's just yeah. a very teeny tiny part of the fact that we actually do make music. It's actually my my day job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll I'll throw a link in the description of this one. But yeah, for sure. Um, I got music yeah, that man. isn't 15 seconds long out there in the world Shit. that you can check out if you want. Shout out to Alex and Malcolm and Claire just joined the Patreon, and Eric, and fucking, there's so many people that hit us up this week. That's awesome. And lastly, that Patreon episode is going to be free for another few days or something if you want to go listen to it. And if you want to throw us five bucks, you get an extra episode every week and a huge every back catalog of, catalog of episodes. Episodes. Every week. I can't believe we do that, but we do double the amount of free right podcasts. Yeah, boy. All right. Uh, so we love you guys, and as always, we we'll see you next week. See you next time on another episode of the What If Podcast. Learn more at www.whatifpodcast.com.